Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years anyone may live, let you enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart, and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through windows grow dim, when doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and no desire no longer is stirred, then people go to their home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well and the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless. Meaningless, said the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. Their collective sayings, like firmly embedded nails, given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Joshua, thank you very much for reading. My name's Nathan and I'm one of the ministers here at, at Trinity. Hopefully you saw in your service sheet there's a little QR code um, for questions. So we've got a question time at the end here um, using a, an app called Slido. I think we used it uh, last time as well. So do um, text in or, or use that QR code for questions and we'll try and get through as, as many of those as we can at the end. Uh, but I'm going to pray as we look at this final passage in Ecclesiastes. Father God, as we come to this, uh, this rich passage again in this rich book of Ecclesiastes, would you feed us? That we want to recognize that you are a shepherd, uh, that we are sheep, that we need to be fed, and we need to be fed um, particularly by your word as we are shown Jesus Christ. So help me with that, Lord, today as I teach. I pray that you would help us all to listen in and to learn, to be changed, Lord, most of all by what we're hearing. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a question. Can I be a Christian and still enjoy my life? Ever thought about that? Is it possible to, to be a Christian and to actually enjoy life? Maybe you come uh, from that, uh, to that question with a 
Christian viewpoint. You're a Christian. But maybe you've, every now and then, had a little daydream about a Sunday afternoon, about this time. You're not in church, but you're in Granary Square near King's Cross, and you found a lovely patch of grass, and it's sunny, the sun's out, it's a bit warmer than it is maybe today, and you found yourself uh, this beautiful patch of grass, Granary Square, you've got a pastry, you've got a an oat flat white, or maybe just a normal flat white, you don't need the extra cost, do you? And uh, you're catching up on Wordle and social media, and, oh, bliss. Don't need to worry about Christian church. Oh, that, no worries in the world. Would life be more fun, enjoyable, if you weren't a Christian? Maybe you're coming to this question. Uh, someone who wouldn't call yourself a Christian, maybe you're interested, you've been attracted um, by Jesus, perhaps the person of Jesus, but you sort of wonder, will following Jesus, will, will that steal enjoyment rather than increase enjoyment in my life? You know, imagine that you're sort of a helium balloon. Life is just fun and easy going. And if you become a Christian, will it be like one of those weights that just sort of drops it so it goes along the floor? Can I be a Christian and still enjoy life? Well, if you've been around at Trinity or been a Christian for any number of years, you'll, you'll know that it's often emphasized that the Christian life is, is hard. And rightly so, because Jesus says that, doesn't he? Jesus talks about, do you remember the, the narrow path that we walk along? He talks about taking up your cross and following. The Christian life is hard. But the same Jesus said in John 10, 10 famously, I have come that you may have life and have life to the full. And so we say, sorry, Jesus, which, which one is it? Is it that being a Christian is really hard, or that, is it that it's abundant and joyful? And the answer is both. You probably guessed that. <laughs> it's both. Yes, complete joy, total joy. Well, that's in the life to come for the Christian, the new heaven and the new earth. But we can and we should enjoy life now to the full in relationship with our Creator and actually, rather than, than spoiling life and stealing joy, living in harmony with God, it offers the most joyful path and life that's possible. This is then, as Jeremy said, the final uh, section then of this book of Ecclesiastes that we've been looking at the last six weeks at church. And if you've picked up one thing from this interesting, strange at times book, one thing is probably that, that life is, the Hebrew word, hevel that it's fleeting. Uh, the word meaningless is used here, but transient, it's passing, it's, it's short. Life is short. And so the teacher will say to us today, don't put off living for God until sometime later, but enjoy living in relationship with him now. Because here and now, yeah, you can be a Christian and enjoy life. Let's see that then in three points that we, we get from this passage as we work through it. First of all, it should come up behind me as well. Enjoy life. I quite like that picture. I, sorry if you don't, but I enjoyed looking at that. Enjoy life while you're young. And uh, just if you've got, lost your page, uh, six, seven, eight in the Bible. And just before verse seven, do you see that heading in bold there? That's not from the Bible. It's been added by an editor, but it says, remember your creator while young. J Jeremy's referred to Young, the young people have left the room, didn't he, earlier? Does that mean we don't need to learn from these verses? Do you see yourself as young today? I won't get you to put your hand up if you do. Is it that you've, 
not recently been, you know, if you've not been ID'd recently, then maybe you're not young anymore. Or you're, you're looking in the mirror and there's no grey hair. Like, how do we, we're not told the exact age of this. Some people say that, it, you know, it could be anyone not experiencing the physical deterioration of what we see later in chapter 12. But the focus is, is I guess, someone who's young, who's got their life seemingly before them. They're carefree. And the teacher specifically addresses this crowd. And he says to the young, look, life is good. It's wonderful to be alive. And so enjoy yourself. Look at verse 7. It's not just me saying that. The Bible says that. Look at that. Verse 7. Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. It's been nice today, hasn't it? However many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. The teacher then is addressing us here and saying he's affirming the goodness of of a world that is made by God we live in a world that is drenched in the presence of a creator so don't just endure life enjoy it that's what he's saying oh verse 8 the second half oh but then remember the days of darkness there will be many everything to come is meaningless or passing fleeting we've seen that haven't we elsewhere that there will be difficulties as we go on in life. There'll be calamities. And look, at, just as a side note, it doesn't mean that no teenager will ever face stress or hardships. But generally speaking, when you're young, you've got less to worry about. You don't need to repay the mortgage or face, I guess, serious illness in the same way that would be more common later in life. Or don't need to worry about losing your job and those kind of things. And so verse 9 See what it says? You who are young, be happy while you're young and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. It's quite interesting. Two surprises for me as, as I was looking at in those verses. Number one, that's a command. Maybe you think on oh, the Bible, commands, I've got to obey. This is a command to be happy. Well, it's good, isn't it? Enjoy life, the author says. Make the most of it, or put more strongly, if we're not obeying this command to enjoy and be happy, we're being sinful. Second little thing that surprised me was follow your heart or the ways of your heart. <laughs> Maybe again you think, sorry, does the Bible really, doesn't it say that the heart is deceitful above all other things? Jeremiah 17, for example, says that. Are we really supposed to, to follow our heart? Isn't that kind of hedonism and a bit reckless? Well, the end of verse 9 helps. It says, but know for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. There are then boundaries set by God, aren't there? This isn't a call to sort of atheistic hedonism or just kind of sinning wherever you want, follow whatever path in life. But there is a command to enjoy the pleasures of life that God has given under his good rule within his boundaries. And it means, verse 10, well, what does it mean? Banishing anxiety, casting off trouble. Oh, yeah, those will come later in life, he'll say. But actually, life is fleeting. It's, it's heavy. So, so enjoy life while you're young. Let's be honest, Christians haven't always been great at teaching this or living and acting it in this way. Often, the way that Christians have lived and taught has kind of undermined these very things, haven't they? I, I know in this room, uh, this isn't what we're talking about today, but we might have different views on, on the Sabbath, on the day of rest. 
uh, and what that means, what that looks like, and we can talk about that another time. But I remember hearing a friend of mine saying that where he grew up, the local church minister used to go to the, the local park on a Sunday morning and tie up all the swings in that park. Not so that the Christian kids, but, but so that no kids could enjoy themselves on a Sunday. Um, or another example, my, my dad shared when he, was, um, when he was younger, he was going for a walk with his parents and they were walking along a path and there was a beach below and my dad sort of, you know, seven or eight, wanted to run onto the beach. And his dad said, no, 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 we need to stay on this part. We can't go on the beach on a Sunday. I guess the impression there, the beach, people are having fun there. <laughs> and look, I don't want to be overly critical about where people's motives are and things coming. As I said, we can talk about that another time. But we should live our life not giving the impression that God is a big, bad meanie in the sky who is out to, to stop all of our fun. God wants us to live life enjoying his worlds that he has made. I mentioned, uh, I mentioned for the last time, I think, David Gibson. He's written this brilliant book on Ecclesiastes. And he uses a great illustration that I'm sure he might have taken from someone else, but I'm going to credit him, um, of, a, of Buzz Lightyear. Here we go. Buzz Lightyear. And uh, you imagine a parent gives a Buzz Lightyear to their child. No parent wants that just to be on the sides, in, in the box, in, in pristine condition. No, no parent wants that, unless they're sort of weird into collectibles or something. They want the kid to rip it out of the box, play with it, get it dirty in the mud, take it into the bed with it, you know, all those kind of things. They want them to use it and enjoy it. And David Gibson says, yeah, God is the same. He wants us to enjoy the world that he has given to us. And look, I think this specifically, I want to apply this just to the, the teenagers and, and younger who are in with us in, in church here today. You certainly fit into the young category, even if you don't think so. <laughs> and look, I, I know, maybe even more so from when I was young, there's, there's pressures when you're a teenager of, kind of exams and uh, mental health kind of things and, and friendship dramas. And, yeah, I know there's lots of that going on, but, but you can eat three puddings and not worry about middle-aged spread, okay, at that age. Um, you don't need to worry about paying off the student loans. Enjoy good God's good gifts for your teenager, vigorously living within the boundaries that he has given. I, um, when I take Micah and Ruby, our, our two, to, to nursery in the morning, I, I normally just, 100 metres away from the nursery, I just say a little prayer with them in their buggies before they go in. And I quite often try and say to them, look, from one of the Psalms, this is the day, Micah and Ruby, this is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, for one of the songs. This is the day today. God has made it. Rejoice and be glad in it. And they, I'm not quite sure Ruby knows what's going on, but Micah, I think, yeah, okay, sort of gets that. And that's true for all of us. And so let me ask you, even if you count yourself outside the, the young or the youth category, how can you obey God by pursuing joy? It doesn't necessarily mean that you spend thousands of pounds on a secluded Caribbean island just to really make sure, you know, you're snorkeling and skydiving. And you say, well, Nathan told me to enjoy life. So, you know, I haven't been at church for three years because I've been doing that. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But it could be something like a, a daily, daily dose of awe. Someone said that in our small group, and I liked that recently. Daily dose of awe. You know, enjoying it when you break a 5K personal best or when you get a brilliant ace in tennis and you just think yeah that was that was good thank you lord for the the ability to be able to play tennis like that 
or the squidgy cheeks of a newborn baby, or a rainbow on a dark day with dark clouds, or, or near the church office, daffodils lining the, the path that have just come out. Daily dose of awe, and say, thank you, God, what a gift. How kind of you. Some people might say, well, Nathan, that sounds a bit like mindfulness, isn't it? Just mindfulness. Well, I want to say mindfulness has stolen that from Christianity, apart from they've missed out the key bit that is, remember your creator. God has made it, and that's what gives that the beauty. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And actually, listen, as we put our, with this kind of mindset to work more and more, look, I've got loads of room for progress in this area, but I do find it, it helps chip away at grumpiness, cynicism. I'm sure no one struggles with that at all here. Many of us, especially after this season of COVID, are kind of entrenched a little bit in that. I feel this really, this really helps as we go through life. So enjoy your life while you're young. Second thing, then picking up the pace a little bit. Remember your creator now, not later, as we come into chapter 12. And actually verses 1 to 7, quite a big chunk, are just one sentence in the, in the Hebrew sort of original text. And the details are slightly uh, debated and tricky, but the command is, is crystal clear. Look at verse 1. Remember your creator. Or verse 6. Remember him. That is God. And there is an urgency. In these verses, four times we're told before uh, is used. So look at verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of trouble come. Verse 2. Before the sun and the light uh, and the moon and the stars grow dark. So there's a kind of urgency of remembering God. And once again in these verses, the teacher turns to to death as his topic, just in case we've not heard that enough from Ecclesiastes so far. He's saying that only the reality of death will help us to live well. It helps us drop the pretense that we'll go on in this life forever in these bodies. And he does that through amazing picture language with this string of metaphors to describe growing old or old age. Uh, can you see what he's saying? As the years go on, the, the clouds, verse 2, they draw in. The capacity to enjoy life decreases as we get older. And so verse 3 and 4, let me just run through some of these metaphors. So uh, this, uh, the keepers of the house tremble. People take that as sort of arms and, and hands grow weaker. The strong men stoop. You know, you've seen someone with their back kind of over. The grinders cease. The teeth fall out. False teeth are replace them. The windows grow dim as our eyes go and we lose sight. Uh, the doors to, uh, to the street close, that sort of symbolizes deafness and, and losing hearing. People rise to the sounds of birds. Uh, have you ever had that when it's sort of 4.30 in the morning and you're just really, really wide awake and you can hear the birds? It's really annoying, isn't it? You're kind of like, that's quite nice, but also, why am I awake? And, um, and you know, I guess as you get older, that wakes you up and Maybe take another trip to the loo as well in the middle of the night, uh, if that's you. And then verse 5, people who used to be bold, now they fear the simple trip to the corner shop for milk. I think my favorite one is uh, in the language uh, is that the almond tree, we're told in verse 5, blossoms. That is white hair comes through. That's a good line to use, isn't it, with great Aunt Marjorie next time you see her. Your blossom tree, it really, really, you know, isn't the almond tree really blossomed there? She, what are you talking about? She'd probably say to you. 
And then the grasshoppers, the last bit here, grasshoppers dragging themselves along. That's a loss of strength, of joints. The older person can't jump up in the way that they used to, like a little child would. And so Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, one of the greatest footballers to ever live. One day, he won't be able to touch his toes. I know some people think that he's at that stage already. He's not that old. He's still scoring goals. But that will happen to him. Or the concert I went to see this week with a virtuoso concert pianist playing thousands of notes each minute. His hands might seize up and arthritis means he can't even sign his name. It's quite depressing and sad. And then just to add the desire, sexual appetite, also gone. I remember um, just a couple of years ago, the next door neighbour to to Charlotte's parents, we went round uh, uh, on Christmas Day, I think in the evening, and there were a few sort of people around there and there was an older guy in the corner of the room his um his almond tree had blossomed really really white hair in the corner i didn't say that line to him but he was in the corner and uh it was sort of shell of a man sort of hunched up he had had a, a leg i guess amputated and no one was chatting to him so i thought i'll go and kind of say hi and he was an incredible man he, he used to be the senior editor of the economist magazine you know, amazing stories amazing life what what a guy Intellectually, just even still in his 90s, it's all there. But yet, this was him. <laughs> Chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. My uh, grandmother, she died just a few days before her uh, 98th birthday. And she lived with us for the last couple of years of her life. And I saw again this happen to her. And, you know, when she had a fall, it wasn't like Ruby or Micah having a fall. It was, she's had a fall. Okay. It might be a hospital trip, and, and I know some here will have seen that uh, with their own parents and, the, and the, the hurt and sadness that goes with that. This long sentence is kind of summed up at the end in verse 6 there. Remember him before the silver cord is, is severed. That's the kind of language of something beautiful broken, a picture of death. And then verse 7, the language of a funeral, from dust you came to dust you return. And all of that, after 12 and a half chapters, leads the teacher in verse 8 for the 38th time in the book to say, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is hevel, fleeting, transitory. I don't know if you've um, ever been on a, a long car journey, if you've been driving and you sort of prepare yourself for the long drive, and then the, the, the dashboard, uh, a warning light, you know, one of the red lights sort of starts flashing, making a noise. That's always a bit more scary when it makes a noise. And you pull over and you try and look through the, the manual and it's in about 200 languages. And you think, okay, I'll just Google, what is this light that's going on in my car? And, um, and it's a warning. It's good to stop. You want to call the AA person or whatever it is. And, and I think these verses in chapter 2, they're kind of like a spiritual warning light to us. To say to us, remember your creator now, not later. Get right with Jesus Christ before you get to this stage. Maybe you're here today and you've you've done a Christianity Explored course, looking into Christianity or or something like that. Or maybe you've been to church and and you like it, but you've, you've never made a commitment personally to follow Jesus Christ. There is an urgency, these verses would say. Don't wait, because there is such a thing as too late. One older Puritan writer put it like this, many people remember their creator too late, none too soon. 
you might say, oh, yeah, okay, but I just want to live life a little bit first, and then I'll, I'll kind of think about this stuff later, later in life. I want to enjoy life now, and then, then I'll think about it later. Two things. First, just said a minute ago in the first point, you enjoy life more if you're in harmony with the Creator. Uh, and two, many people will say this, but actually never get round to remembering their Creator. People will die in the world today he said, oh, oh yeah, I'll think about that when I'm older, and they never do. Take a leaf out of, uh, out of this guy's book. Peter Robinson, uh, a professor of computer technology at, at Cambridge. I'd be terrified to have a conversation with him. Um, but uh, a Christian man, and he, I, I wouldn't be terrified, because I'm sure he'd be lovely, but intellectually brilliant. But he, he did um, an endorsement on a book that I just uh, looked at, a Christian book, the other day. And his endorsement on the back said this. He said, I wish someone had given me this Christian book 50 years ago so that I hadn't wasted 10 years of my life failing to know God. He's got that right, hasn't he? He's understood, like, I wasted 10 years, even when I was younger, because I didn't have that harmony, that relationship with the God who made me. Don't, don't make my mistake. Remember your creator now, not later. Third thing. Then we see fear God, knowing judgment is coming. If you were paying good attention when Joshua was reading, you might have noticed that we have a new voice in verse 9, the voice of an editor in Ecclesiastes. Uh, not an editor that's kind of correcting or undermining what uh, the teacher has been saying, but rather affirming. He explains, you see, that the, the teacher is wise, he's imparting knowledge. But this book of Ecclesiastes, it's not... <laughs> It's not sort of the endless pages of a teenage diary, but this book is, is careful. It's full of integrity, artistry. Look at verse 10. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true, literally beautiful. And I hope you found that over the last few weeks. This is a beautiful book, the way it's written. Proverbs and, and pictures and poetry in it. But verse 11, there have been points, at least I found this, that are very challenging, that prod us in different ways, and that are painful. Look at verse 11. These are the words of the wise, are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. A goad, then, uh, is, is a tool that would have been used to, to prod animals, not, not designed to injure them or hurt them in a way, but, you know, sort of shepherd a a naughty sheep into a pen or whatever it might be. And Ecclesiastes has felt perhaps like that at times, like a goad. It's, it's prodded us. It's, it's just kind of challenged us in different ways. But these have been the words of, of a shepherd. That is the words of God in Ecclesiastes. Charlotte, my wife, had a, a friend at university, uh, Exter, and he was studying philosophy and he wasn't a Christian, but someone gave him this book of Ecclesiastes to read. So I'd love to know what you think of it. And he read it, and his feedback afterwards was, these, these, I've never read anything like this. This couldn't have been written by a person. It's got to be someone else. And that guy became a Christian. He's following Jesus today. He recognized the shepherd's voice in this book of Ecclesiastes. And it's the voice of a shepherd that tells us in kind of 
bold, underlined, highlighted text, how all people in verse 13 should live. Can you see halfway through verse 13? Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. We've seen that theme before, haven't we? Fear God, be in, be in awe of him, revere him for who he is, and obey him. Why? Well, verse 14, because God will bring every deed into judgment, every hidden thing, whether good or evil. That is to say, then, that there will be a day of, of final judgment, the Bible says, where every deed and, and word and thought will be judged by God. Some people I mentioned, uh, Christianity Explored, and some will be familiar with where it talks in that course about uh, a film being played out of, of your life, of every thought and word and deed that you've ever used in your life. Imagine if that, that film was played out before God. How would that make us feel? Well, the fixed reality of judgment and death, the teacher said, should, should shape our lives, should shape everything that we do or, or who we are. And so I really hope that as we get to the end of Ecclesiastes, you, you haven't just thought, okay, I've, I've kind of done Ecclesiastes now. You know, I've heard some sermons. It's, it's been intellectually okay. But yeah, interesting at times. I've, I've not seen stuff like that. Done. And move on. No, this book, uh, with all scripture it's the same, is not just information, but it's written for transformation. So that we might worship God. So that we might live for God as he truly is. And like all of the Bible, Ecclesiastes, what it supremely reveals to us, Jesus Christ. See, if that film, if that film on this projector was played out of my life, of the, the good and the, the bad and the ridiculous, if that was played, I would be running for the door. If that was played out, I've not feared God in the way that I should. I've not kept his commandments in the way I should have. And neither of you. But the gospel tells us that one man has, and that if we trust in him, we don't need to fear that day of judgment. Isn't that wonderful? No matter what's on the, the film reel of your life, judgment that should have fallen on us has fallen on Jesus. He has taken that place for us and thrown the film reel away in the process. This is how Jesus puts it in John's gospel. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So as a finish, if you're not a Christian here today, there is a day coming, Ecclesiastes says, where you'll need to give an account of, of your life before your creator. Are you ready? And for the Christian, the same is true of us. But the big difference is that we don't need to fear that day. So you can be a Christian and you can enjoy your life. <laughs> We've seen that. And so as we go out of the doors in an hour or half an hour, whatever it is, 
At the end of Ecclesiastes, we can go out of these doors and enjoy our life. Oh yeah, we expect frustrations. You know that well. Many of you are walking through that. But we're to fear God, enjoy his good gifts, live for Jesus Christ now in light of the world to come where all of the frustrations that we've seen in Ecclesiastes will be no more in that world to come. How wonderful to get ready now for then. Let me pray, text in your questions, and then I'll hand back over to Jeremy. Father, thank you for this book. Thank you for uh, the fact that there's a creator. How wonderful, Lord, that we live in a world that, despite all of the hardships and difficulties and darkness that Ecclesiastes is brutally honest about, that we can enjoy those moments of your kindness and goodness to us that we experience. Thank you that you give us this warning to get right with you now rather than later. And thank you that as Christians, because of Christ, we have nothing to fear on that last day. Lord, these are wonderful trees. Would you plant them deep in our hearts so that we might fear you? and live for Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen.